Welcome, everybody, to the number one internet radio sensation, This Uncanny Earth, live from the Count St. Germain Studios in the coldest parts of Northeastern Ohio. Coldest, absolutely. It is your host, coldest. Rob, and, of course, my uh, friend, pal, buddy with Count St. Germain, Spider, everybody. That's right. That's, that's, right. Right. that's right. I threw you off because I'm always interrupting. Um, threw me off. <laughs> threw me out there to the wolves. Threw me I out know, there. You fought him you with know? your bare hands and you returned to tell the tale. Good job. And I'm a better um, man for it. <laughs> but yeah, let's so, talk about how cold it is for a second before we even get into the show. Yeah, let's do it that. It's darn cold outside. It's Freezing. like negative. Well, it was two. negative two yesterday. Today it's it's like up into the. It's seven degrees, I think. Um, let's take a peek here. Nine degrees. Nine degrees. Oh man, making progress. Making progress. Wind chill yesterday was was negative thirty five. Yeah, yeah, sure was. Pretty cold here in Ohio. I think this is the coldest year we've had in a few years. So. Let me say, if you're out there in these cold climates, don't be a jerk. Make sure your pets are inside. Make sure your dogs are inside. Keep your oh, yeah, animals in. That. Cold, man. It's cold. Don't be don't be one of those people. Nobody likes those people. Don't so, be cold a public and leave people out in the cold or your <clears throat> friends and animals out in the cold. At all. So that's a public service announcement from us here at this Uncanny Earth. Don't ever say we don't have public service announcements. That's right. We just have one. We're here for On you. episode Episode 21, theme today, Atlantis. Yes, oh, and I'm going to talk about the oh, delicious steak and seafood place where I got a loco moco when I went to Hawaii. We're not talking oh, about man. that. Oh, man, and those were delicious, let me tell you. I, mean, I, I, I came home and made them. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got to make them once you get home. Love brown gravy, dude. Brown gravy is probably my favorite gravy. Yeah. We could have a whole show just on paranormal gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, supposedly ectoplasm, when it came out of people's faces, kind of looked like gravy. Oh, yeah? If anybody's ever seen some of the older uh, pictures from seances and stuff. What are we talking about, I... like, the green ectoplasm, like in Ghostbusters? Or, oh, no, the pink stuff when they were in the sewer. So, oh, yeah, from Vigo. Yeah, yeah, remember, they could play music to it and stuff. Yeah. Your love lifts me higher. <laughs> you can book me for all your bar mitzvahs, parties, all that. I'll sing that song. Come on. Spider, me and Spider will come out and sing that song to you. And your party of however many, and they'll love it, and they'll dance on into the night. But not tonight because it's cold. Oh yeah, not tonight because man, three cars tonight is super cold. (laughs) So that's it for this uncanny earth. We've canceled the show now. I'm glad you guys were here for all of that. So uh, let's see later. Bye. So next week. We'll just start doing the show five minutes and then like next week we're going to talk about it. We never get to what we're talking about. Just ends up in a weird loop of sorts. So anyways, <clears throat> Atlantis is today's topic. The underworld, well now underworld I guess, civilization that was once on the surface world. That's right. Now, Underwater supposedly. <clears throat> supposedly. But not now everybody's like, well hey, you know you guys, where does Atlantis come from? Well it comes from the ancient Greek world. Not the... Uh, not the, uh, you know, the ancient United States world. Comes from the ancient Greek world. That's some good foreshadowing, though, because um, we're going to get into it later, so I don't want to get too much into it now, but some people thought that uh, that it was actually referring to uh, the new world before we were rediscovered back in the ancient days. A whole new world, like in Aladdin? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might have been a better movie with with uh, Atlantis in there, but uh, I don't know. Robin Williams. It was a good movie, movie regardless, though. It's a classic. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> it's better than the actual Atlantis movie. Aw, oh, the Disney one? We'll yeah. get into that later, too. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> We're just full of tangents. Haters out. Haters out here. Haters out here. Watch your back. Watch your back. <laughs> anyway, so where did Atlantis start from? Well, Atlantis basically started from everybody's favorite philosopher, Plato. Now, Plato lived 429 to 347 B.C. Now, when we talk in B.C., just for any folks that don't know, B.C. goes from greatest to smallest in terms of dates. So you guys are thinking, oh, that's a weird date, but 429 to 347 B.C. So, and B.C. means before Christ. I guess there's a B.C.E. now. It's a before common era. Mm-hmm. The the I got the, a lot of this Atlanta stuff. Um, <clears throat> I got it from actually a book, if anybody's interested. It's called Ancient Mysteries, and it is by Peter James and Nick Thorpe. And the reason I, I like this book is because it, uh, it, it, it it's not pro-Atlantis, and it's not anti-Atlantis. It goes the book, the book has a lot of other things in it besides just Atlantis, but it comes into it with a skeptic's mind. And so it's pretty cool. I learned a lot from this book. It wasn't like, you know, telling me, Atlantis is real, and we found it. It was basically saying, okay, here's some, here's, so here's what the tale is. Here's where Atlantis could be. And here's some other places that kind of that could have been Atlantis, and and I, and I have a theory on what Atlantis truly is, and we'll we'll get to that here in a bit. So we're we're going to start off with uh, with Plato mm-hmm. and one of his distant relatives, Solon. Now Solon lived from 615 to 535 BC, and now that's where Plato is going to get his source for um, Atlantis from. And it's also going to be written in two of Plato's books. And those books are titled, and I have them right here. Give me one second, folks. And you're like, I'm not going to stick around for this. <laughs> the, the Timaeus and the Critias. And those are two um, works attributed to Plato who talks about uh, Atlantis. And that's where, every, that's where you get your modern day um, you know, idea of Atlantis from. And we'll talk about what Atlantis actually looks like, and uh, and how it was like it was it was rings in rings, so mm-hmm. it was like ring perception, but it wasn't the ring. <laughs> You're not gonna get a phone call and be like, maybe that's why they're all gone though. I mean, maybe it's sunk maybe. because they didn't they yeah, didn't save the video, reason. and then they spread the video around, and then they made the mistake both times, and you know, made <laughs> about six terrible movies after the first one. Uh, funny thing, if anybody ever reads the light novels, which are really fantastic, I'd recommend them. The the girl gives people cancer. That's how you die, in in a roundabout way. You get can you either get scared to death, or you get cancer. It's kind of crazy. So I recommend it. it's Ring Loop, and there's another one, but they're they're good books. Um, I forget the name. It was a Japanese author, but they're they're three good books. Terrible the movies after the first one, but good books. The the I didn't like the 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 American movies, but hmm. if anybody like Spider knows me. I'm big into Japanese culture, so like the horror stuff is really awesome. So the ring and the grudge, I like them better in Japanese because they're more eerie. American movies they go for the shock value or the the jump scares. They're real big into jump scares or shock value, so that's what you get. But this one, especially with the grudge, you just felt like she was always sitting on your shoulder. You're just like, ugh. But anyways, back to Atlantis. Oh man, My tangents goodness. everywhere. Back I mean, this episode should be just be called Tangentlantis. I thought about that too, but I didn't think anything would make it work. You tried, <laughs> didn't work, but you tried. <laughs> now, where did Game Solon the get culture. the idea? Solon got the idea from Egyptian priests. 
Now they told him that the world or that 9,000 years ago, there was a great city sitting where Athens was currently sitting at. And they had fought against the Atlanteans. And what had happened is they Atlantis had been destroyed because of corruption and, and things of that nature. But what I want to step in and say is the Egyptians weren't super fond of outsiders. So a lot of conjecture and a lot of uh, embellishment could have been told to Solon. But Which is interesting. To break in real quick, because that's that's kind of a, a cultural thing when uh, when we kind of the the European and the the I guess you could call um, the Greeks and and all that kind of the edge of that European thing. We'd go into a place and we'd we'd ask these people, "Oh, what are your myths and things?" After a while, these people would figure out that we didn't, weren't really interested in that. We were just trying to absorb it into our own culture so we could represent it in whatever we were trying to present. So that happened here in the Americas, too. When people used to come here and ask the Native Americans, oh, what, what's all this? Then they would tell them all kinds of random stuff that wasn't true. And you could ask well, them. There's still, like, legends of that. Well, the funny thing is, Spider, is that that might not even be the case. We're going we're gonna to talk about this here in a bit. But we're going to come to find out that Atlantis might not have been actually told to him by uh, the Egyptians and by a king of Lydia, which mm. is now modern-day Turkey. We'll get into all that. We're going to get oh, yeah. into all that. Um, I'm, I'm going to finish up here. with... You are, man. You're, you're, you're getting ahead of me. <laughs> I'm excited. Today. I'm just so excited. But, but I, need to go, I need to go back to math because you don't say nothing when it comes to math. Yeah, you, you get into the sacred geometry and I'm just like, hmm, that's very interesting. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I, I'm going to roll some dice. <laughs> I'm going to roll my dodecahedron and... Uh... He, he, he shoots craps during, the, during every <laughs> show. So if you hear a gunshot, that means he's been shot. Because he gave yeah, us too much. Like, I mean, that oh, happens man. once every few months because I tend to lose big. <laughs> and I don't pay people, so yeah, i got to pay them with blood. Just, just, so, just so everybody knows we're kidding. It's not true. <clears throat> now, let's get back into this. The Atlantean Society was supposedly the, one of the biggest, best places on the planet Earth for the time. It had every natural resource, gold, silver, all kinds of diamonds, all kinds of iron, everything that, that was needed to make that city a superior city. And it was, it was one of the most technologically advanced for its time. And later on, we're going to get into Edward Casey and that's a whole nother thing. So we'll get into that about what he thought about Atlantis. And basically what happened to Atlantis was its rulers got greedy and corrupt and supposedly the gods, and this could hearken into our ancient aliens Mm -hmm. um, show from our very first episode. This is episode 21 guys. And and it actually will reflect part of our uh, our Nazi conspiracies episode as well. Uh, yes, yes, sure will. We'll wow, get into that sure later. Will. Yeah, we're gonna get everything. But it was supposedly destroyed by the gods who wrecked it with earthquakes and, and volcanoes and everything else. And <clears throat> we'll get like I said, we're gonna get into some of that here in a little while, in a little bit. Stay tuned. But now I want to talk about the 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 description of this this fabled city. And you know what? I'm actually going to hold on a second because Spider's been wanting to, he's been trying to jump in like a jumping spider <laughs> this whole entire time. I know. I've just so, been poking my feelers in. Like, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if, we, if, if 23 and 1 or whatever that, that DNA site is that gets your DNA and gives it to the government so they can track you. <laughs> <laughs> Tinfoil uh, Let's. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, everybody, them guys are good guys. Um, if you... Uh, if somebody can get this DNA test for a spider here and can somehow find some Atlantean DNA 
we very very well may have Spider's home base of Atlantis. People do say that uh, that UFOs sometimes go underwater and then disappear, so they're supposed to have underwater bases and things. Maybe that's what happened to Atlantis. Maybe they sunk it on purpose so that they could have their underwater base and be undetected. And people would believe that it sank, and then they wouldn't believe that the extraterrestrials were around anymore. Huh? 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 Tighten the head a little bit. Do your fedora. Yeah. I have a full size fedora though, not like those little like trendy ones. Mine is full size Indiana Jones. Uh, <laughs> That'd be classy. That's right. He's never been to Atlantis. Ah, that's not true. We forget the video game about. Oh Indiana yeah, you know what? That video game that I was terrible at. Yeah. Oh, a lot of those were really hard. A lot of the old point-and-click adventure mm-hmm. Indiana Jones games. The Last Crusade one was one. Man, I love that movie. I think we talked about that in last week's show. We did. And I really love that movie. It's so good. You've chosen wisely. And you're like, yeah. Teacher and then he... Born. and everywhere, everywhere Indiana Jones goes, though, let's be honest here, he's the worst archaeologist I've ever seen in my life. Because everywhere that dude goes, he destroys the, the entire place. Mm-hmm. Everywhere he goes. So don't don't... Don't let Indiana Jones know you got some stuff because he'll come and he'll take it in your house and be destroyed, so don't do it. That's right. (laughs) So what do you have to say about Atlantis? Well, it's an interesting theory and an interesting concept. Um, Back in in Plato's day, there was debate at the time whether he was actually describing an actual place or a myth that he made up. Um, There's a lot of debate whether Solon's encounter in Egypt was really a thing that happened at all to begin with. Um... Or, again, if it did happen and the Egyptians just fed him a bunch of BS just to, to be like, eh, you'll believe anything because you're from wherever. Um, it, what's really, really interests me, though, is that we know back in, in prehistory, before recorded history, we, we can tell from, from tectonic plates and all that kind of stuff, that that the whole there was one land mass on the planet, as far as we're aware, called Pangaea. And that broke up into a bunch of other smaller things. And we really, because we weren't there, obviously, we don't know how many other pieces of that big chunk, when it broke up, may have still been floating around for a while before everything coalesced into the continents we have. So it's Which is possible. true. I'd be curious to see, because whenever they show the, the full Pangea, mm-hmm. they don't account for what could have connected, you know, on the outer rims of that. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and the thing is, with the tectonic shifting, because that was also a... Um, a uh, skeptical remark by by in this book because mm-hmm. of tectonic shifting and, and continental divides and everything else. It says that Atlantis couldn't have been where it was. And the, uh, we'll get into where the people thought it could have yeah. been. There's a billion places where it could have been. And they said because of tectonic shifting and plates and such, it wasn't where Plato or where Solon or the Egyptians supposedly said it was. So, and there's a couple other places, but yeah, that that, that lends a big uh, um, skepticism mm-hmm. that well, is based off plate tectonics. And what I'm with, what, the theory that I have is is more that what if the, the the legend or there was a legend of an Atlantis that was already pretty well preserved by Plato's time, and they were just regurgitating an even older legend. That had and based on their knowledge of the world at the time, they placed it where they thought it might be at the time. 
but maybe it was a, a memory that, that a collective conscious conscious memory we had from way way back even before that from the earliest humans because we know from from the latest anthropomorphic anthropology uh, anthropology studies that um, the modern man mated with Neanderthal and all those other ones at the time way way back millions of years ago so what if during that time they were able to communicate in some fashion and stories of some big place that sunk into the water were around before then. I mean, and it's so primitive that we can't even get a real description of it. So what if there was an Atlantis that wasn't the Atlantis that we've created it to be these days? It was less a big city-state and more just a, an island full of huts, you know? That's how the, the that's how history gets distorted and built up over time. So well, they we also... Oh no! Go ahead. So I'm we don't you even off. really know that um, that uh, that the legend that we have is even the earliest form of the legend. It's just the most the most well developed, and it's presented as a story that could be fictional or might not. And that doesn't even take into account that, that could just this could all be allegorical. It might mm-hmm. not even be a real thing. It might have been Plato being like, "I'm gonna put this in here." to describe Athens in some form or fashion. Because we, we can't forget that people like Aristotle, people like Plato, Socrates, all those guys, they did stuff like that. They did a lot of allegorical references to Greece and how much they loved her. And they all, believed all that, uh, that the city-state was was the ultimate, the ultimate um, society. They believed that the society that they were living in was, was most, the most perfect... And so one of the things that they did was they would try to rationalize why something like that was perfect. And they used stories like this mm-hmm. to to show, hey, see, this is what happens to a place that wasn't us. It sunk into the ocean. Not to say that something like that actually did happen, but to say that, look what could happen compared to a perfect place like ours. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I want to I'm talk about Atlantis, what it looked like. And I, and I need people to, to kind of concentrate on this because this one... Like sacred geometry last week, me trying to explain Metatron's cube. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing with Atlantis. This will be a little bit easier. So I hope all of you actually went out and looked at Metatron's cube. Beautiful design. But Atlantis was was three was actually six rings, three rings land, three rings um, water, and that that was in the the royal metropolis. That wasn't the the actual because Atlantis itself, the Atlantean Empire supposedly stretched from Italy down to the borders of Egypt. And then in these in these like cities they had they were ruled by kings. So each city was ruled by kings. So say, you know, Phoenix is ruled by a king, Los Angeles is ruled by a mm. king, Cleveland's ruled by a king, so on and so forth. So each one was ruled by a king. And then when you get to the main city or the royal metropolis, it looked like three circles with three circles Oh, this is going to be... So there was an inner circle, a second circle, and then an outer circle. So Concentric I mean, circles would be the term. Concentric that's circles. what I was looking for. I'm going to tip my tongue, too. But there were six of them. So the outer harbor, that was where the ships would enter and trade with the main, or the main, the main city, or the capital, I should say. These ships would come in, <clears throat> they would close off the, the bridges, and then the ship would be locked in until business was done. And then, and then the ships would leave. This was to prevent the ship from trying to have uh, uh, an armada come in and destroy the place. So the ship would be locked in. And that took care of that. Now the circle inside of that. And this is this is the this is the, the outer landmass circle. This is where the troops were in the barracks, 
And that was to protect any invasion into the royal, into the, the heart of the royal metropolis. So you had warehouses, you had racetracks, groves, and temples. These all sat on this outer land ring. And I figured that's where, you know, a lot of people went and hung out and got away from the, the, the city life, so to speak. Like the now social we, hub, basically, the social hub. Now we come to the Middle Harbor. Now the Middle Harbor, that was bridged so that you could, that would connect to the to the, to the inner, the second circled land ring and the outer circle land ring. This was used to get folks from A to B, uh, people that lived there. Now, now <clears throat> the the second circle is where people lived. The second circle landmass is where people lived. You had your nobles, you had your your uh, your, your your ambassadors, shopkeepers, things like that. They all lived in that circle, and they would venture out and go to work, and they would go and, and run their stores, or they would run the warehouses, run the racetracks. Then you have another circle of water and then a bridge that would connect the second circle the middle circle to the inner circle now the inner circle was basically a palace it was a complex temple palace that housed a a statue of Poseidon and now Poseidon is the one who supposedly built mm-hmm. Atlantis and he had cut into rocks and, and everything else and, and, and what's interesting here is these as the, as the Atlantean kings and now King Atlas was the first king, and if you're thinking to yourself, you mean Atlas that held the world up? Same Atlas. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the very first king, so he was the first king, and so the Atlantis is named after him. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty obvious. But Poseidon built it, so they had erected a gigantic statue inside of this temple. It's 300 feet tall. Now, if you want to put this in perspective, I believe the Statue of Liberty sits at 100 and, 115, 120 feet, and then she sits on a 115-foot pedestal, so that's 200-some-odd feet, 200-plus mm-hmm. feet. <clears throat> this is 300 feet tall statue, Poseidon. Then also on the inside, they were decorated with images of the first kings and queens of Atlantis. So... You have this huge, huge metropolis, and I, I, they, they, I never really figured out where it was in terms of the the empire as a whole. I would like to think if the Egyptians were talking about it, that it would be close enough to their area to see, but we don't know. It could have sat right mm-hmm. in the middle of the of the empire. But to put this in some perspective, I looked up supposedly how how big it was. Um. Now, and this is this is coming from from Edward Edgar. Sorry, I keep saying Edward. Edgar, Edgar Casey. Yeah, Edgar. Edward was his lesser known brother who uh, would read the backs of cereal boxes and, and in old sports cards. That's right. old sports cards. Uh, he said that that the that the size of Atlantis was equal to the size of Eurasia, and Eurasia is twenty one point twelve million miles squared. So, if you think of Eurasia. I don't, now that that that's conjecture because I don't know if I mm. necessarily all that, but so that's that's basically what the empire itself looked like. And then you had your royal metropolis, which which I've seen a lot of ancient alien episodes or conspiracy theory videos or the the kind of um, out there historical videos, and they always show UFOs landing in these circles and 
and everything else. And I don't I don't know how hard it would be to build that, but I feel like I feel like that'd be something that would be almost impossible in that day and age to build, but I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean we, we are still kind of discovering just how <clears throat> advanced the building techniques of, <clears throat> of ancient ancestors really were. Um, there's a lot that we really simply don't know in the time span. The ruins that we have just from from a few thousand years ago are in such a state of crumbling and decomposition and everything. So imagine ruins from even longer than that, whether there would be really anything left, honestly, even if it was the even if it was really hard stone. I mean, it gets overgrown with with uh, plants and things like that. Um, to put it into perspective, they there's that. Um, off the coast of uh, Japan, there's that area where there's it, people think that there's a step pyramid, or there's platforms and squares, steps underwater there, and there's debate there whether that's actually a natural formation or it was something that was sunk back in the past. You really you can't tell almost. You can you can say one way or the other that what it is and what it isn't, but because it's something like that that, that there's no way to definitively say. We could be looking at ruins every day in certain parts certain parts of the world. But because they're so deteriorated, so overgrown, and there's no symbols, there's no writing, there's nothing on them, we just assume that they're a mountain, or that they're a hill, or that they're they're just a big block of stone that just happens to be there, like a glacial stone. So, whether we would even find evidence of something like that that might even still be around today, after centuries and decades and, and almost millions of years of erosion, really, um, we really don't know. Plus, being sunk in the water, that's gonna the salt's gonna do different things to whatever mm-hmm. it is that's sitting on there for long periods of time. Uh, when they when they had when they found the the Bimini Road back in '68, some people said that it was it was just a geological formation, mm-hmm. and other people said, and this is this is where this is where another place where uh, Atlantis could be off the Northwest Bimini area. Uh, they found. Some a road and some steps. They call it a wall, or they call it a road. So that's just another place in the long line of places where um, Atlantis could be. There's so many. There's so many supposed locations. I'll, I'll name some for you right off. Just just to name them: North America, Palestine, Mongolia, Carthage, Spain, Malta, Nigeria, Iran, Sweden, and there's more. That's only probably. 25% of what I saw where people think at Atlantis is there's I mean there's there's so many more places people think uh, off the coast of Japan I think somebody said that that was Atlantis mm-hmm. so and I, the problem we have here is that when people say that this could be Atlantis or this is Atlantis or this is Atlantis it kind of takes away the mystique of Atlantis it's like the little boy who cried wolf once you keep mm-hmm. saying this is Atlantis this is Atlantis people aren't going to care much anymore you know, I could I could go out and say, "Hey, I found a lake here in Northeast Ohio. I think it's Atlantis." Okay, you know, no, nobody cares anymore because a lot of time with Atlantis, uh, so many of the theories have been debunked at this point. Hmm. And like Spider said, to, with with plate tectonics and continental drift, there's not really room for an Atlantis when you fit all of the the continents together as a big giant puzzle piece. So, the more people say they find Atlantis in different places. Less likely, less likely people are to believe it. Even with shows that that where they they're like, yeah, we're gonna go out and find Atlantis today, they always say 
it's like a disclaimer. We might not know exactly where it is, and it's all pretty much guesswork. We're just going off a bunch of different strings that we've been pulling to find out where Atlantis could be or couldn't be or might be or might not be. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Atlantis, too, is it's become more of a symbol than anything else of of the uh, the, the fringe kind of alternate history movement, really. I mean, because we've... Atlantis is the oldest known myth of a civilization that we have outside of, of, of religious, um, religious books and religious terminology. It's the oldest known reference that we have to someplace else where we have mm-hmm. never found. You've got other things, like you've got Silverado, you've got... Um, Eldorado. Eldorado. I'm thinking of the movie. Silverado <laughs> is the movie by Demi Glover. It's really good. That's also a truck. <laughs> it is. Um, but Eldorado... Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I guess, more of the movie, because the movie's great, but El Dorado, um, yeah, The Lost City of Z, um, Mew, Mew, Lemuria. Uh, Sh- uh, not Sri Lanka, um, Shangri-La, Shangri-La, Shangri-La um, Hyperborea, all these different places, and um, and some of these are connected now, like, out of all of these, if you follow all these stories, most of the time... Anybody who talks about these things as serious places will almost always say, and such and such came from Atlantis. And so Atlantis <laughs> is like the progenitor for all of these yeah. other ancient things that we also have never found. Um, ever. People say that and, uh, Atlanteans came to South America and that they were the progenitors of the Mayans. Um, all these different places. And so Atlantis is like the mythical place that nobody yeah. will probably ever found or find. But... It's the belief that it was there that maybe galvanizes everybody to keep looking. And I think the big problem too is that because it's it's never there's never been any proof that it existed. Mm. You have the crackpots that just come out of the woodwork. And doing research on this, uh, I, I like I said the book that was awesome because it had mm. a lot of it had a lot of skepticism in it, which I, I I take anything like this with a healthy dose of skepticism. I do like the romance of it. I think it's a cool thing. I think it's it's awesome. I'm a big I'm a big fan of archaeology as a whole, but you know, some things you just have to say maybe. Hmm. And even then, and coming up I'm going to I'm going to give you folks um what my what my take on Atlantis is, hmm. where it is. But I think the problem we're running into is that the more people and I said this about, you know, places that people think Atlantis is the more people try to take it and combine it with other places that might not have existed, I think the more you water it down. Um, oh, YouTube, good pun there. <laughs> right, right, right. Just water it down. <laughs> Continue. YouTube is good for this. I don't know how many of you out there fall into the YouTube rabbit hole. I've fallen into it. It's a Wednesday night when I can't sleep at 2 in the morning, and I'm like, let me see what's on YouTube, and, you know, I'll, I'll start kind of... Kind of light. Nine eleven four Fahrenheit seventy five. It's all connected. <laughs> and, and he's right. Like it'll st- it'll start simple enough. You know, I'll uh, I might look up uh, Alexander the Great, and then that goes into Macedonia. So that I, I watch something about Macedonia, then Athens, then Atlantis, then Lou or Lumeria, and then Mew. And then next thing I know, I'm watching this weird cartoon. I don't know how many of you have seen this on YouTube. But it basically tells the tale of the the, the Lumerians, Lumerians, or the or the Mew, and you're just like, I know that it's probably not true at all, 
I can't say with 100% fact because I didn't, you know, we didn't live back then. Mm. But I'm watching them and they're saying things like the people could float and they could fly. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about all that. <laughs> and, and the announcer's voice is real high pitched, like he changed it with his computer. And I'm just like, I need to go back to bed. I need to get some sleep. And the thing <clears> about <throat> it, too, is that the, the Atlantean myth. It's informed a lot of people in a really a lot of negative ways too, and a lot of people have taken that and taken it in a way different direction than it was meant to. The people who talked about the, like Plato and all those other guys who talked about um, the Atlantis stories and everything, it was understood that the people were were of a of a skin color that was like what was around at the time, Mediterranean, um, a darker complexion. Um, and uh, and and a lot like what what they were like at the time because of course they based it off yep. of themselves. So later on, here you get people like the Nazis came through with the Thule Society, which we've talked about before, and they built off their their myth of the Aryan super soldier and the the Aryan supremacist and everything like that. And they said they came from the north, from the far north. But they said that Atlantis was up in the far north in Hyperborea, another mythical place. And that everyone was fair-skinned and super white and blonde-haired Superman, and they were slightly giant and everything like that, completely disregarding what was actually written before, whether it was myth or not, and just like rewriting their the entire like their version of Atlantis, and then that gained traction. And there are many, many people today who will tell you that, oh yeah, Atlantis, that's that's Aryan, that's this, and that. It's like no, not really, or even if it is, I mean, they don't even know what Aryans were. The Aryan mentions that they have in literature are just mentions there's no actual depiction of an Aryan um, there, it's all just conjecture and it's all impressions and the Nazis decided that an Aryan was blonde haired, blue eyed, blue -eyed and, and like slightly more athletic than everyone else in the populace so they, they were like supermen so it just goes to show how, how the myth whether it's a myth or not has been hijacked in so many different ways it's almost impossible to say where where any real evidence of it could have been. I mean, there might be true evidence in everything that we've talked about, or it might just all be BS. You really don't know at this point. And it gets... <clears throat> the further we get away from Atlantis, and I don't mean, like, walking away or driving away. I mean, the further we get in terms of historical aspects that we have and people just throwing in their own mess of things that they deem to be accurate or, or they don't deem to be accurate the the more pun again watered down we're going to get <laughs> we're going to get waterlogged so Ooh. to speak with a whole bunch of nonsense and I think that really detracts on if Atlantis was a civilization and if its people were intelligent and it was advanced technology and, and it was on it was on a, a, a higher level maybe not as as technologically advanced as ours obviously but it does them a disservice you know just like when i tell people you know i don't believe the aliens built the pyramids people say you know in, in that field you know they say oh but I, I think that does a disservice to us as human beings because people think oh we can't cut it as human beings but we've built monuments we built a statue of liberty uh the, the Sears Tower, the World Trade Center, all of these places we've built high-rising skyscrapers. Uh, we've also tried to rec or, um, recreate past civilizations, monuments, and buildings, 
but we can't. We can't cut the, the as as perfect as we can without mm-hmm. using a some form of a computer. But I think we do a great disservice to Atlantis and its people if they existed by throwing in a bunch of 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 hearsay, a bunch of conjecture. It's okay to have a little bit of conjecture in what you're in in, in the thing like this because you want to re- leave room for doubt. You want to have some skepticism because it's good for you. But when you sit there and you're like, man, the aliens, man, all the alien landing pads, you could see them for miles. Atlantis was just one big alien landing spot. And the giant crystals that would resonate yes. and send energy across the whole island and everything like that. And uh, <coughs> if, you, um, if you read Plato, if you read all of the oldest source material about Atlantis, yes. none of that's mentioned. Like, none not even a little. You, all of that was thrown in later and and you have to wonder why. I mean, were people just using their imagination and just hoping that it was true? I mean, you get again going back to the other civilizations that we can't find, like El Dorado. People say it's a city yep. made entirely out of gold. Yep. Um, you'd think if a city made entirely out of gold was somewhere hidden in the in the mountains or in the jungles, somebody would spot it at some point. Yep. You, Google Earth would find it. Now, <laughs> for goodness' now, sake. The only the only way that I could see. And in El Dorado, maybe a little bit more true in terms of, of being existing. a city, less so yeah. golden city made entirely out of gold, but maybe a city no. of some kind that got blown out with gold in it. Right, like pyramids were, pyramids had golden capstones, kind of thing. Mm. The only reason I could I could see us not finding El Dorado, two, I'll give it three things. One, it was just destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, cataclysm happened, or people just up and left it, and then nature took its course. Which happened to a lot of the South American ruins. It yes. did happen, and we're still finding more of them every day. Two, the people don't talk about it. Whoever mm-hmm. knows about it is either from a long line of people that don't talk about it, uh, like in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. <laughs> well, again, the, too, the, the Mayan, there are modern-day Mayans that exist in yes. uh, in South America, they just they keep to themselves of their own tribes. They they don't make a big deal out of it, and they're and, not. That, that could be right, and think about it too. You know, say say me and Sparta here. We we we're, we're from an advanced civilization from way back when, right? We 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 our our uh, our ancestors come from that. We know there's this cool place out there. It's it's in ruins now. We like to go out there and hang out and do the show from there and have fun and maybe drink some whiskey from the from the ceremonial bowls that lay around, but. We don't tell anybody because we don't want a bunch of people <laughs> out there disrupting or disturbing, I should say, disturbing our our ancestors' home. And I think that, that could be another key reason why we haven't found El Dorado is because the people there are like, we don't want the outsiders to come in and they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to try to get the government. Because once, once the government gets wind of it in that country, once, uh, I think, where is it located? Peru? Peru or... Mm. I could be totally wrong about this, folks, and and, and I'll uh, I'll look into this um, probably during the break, and then I'll correct myself when we come back. But anytime a government gets a hold of a landmark or anywhere that a historical and, and finding El Dorado would in this day and age would be the biggest historical find we've had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. It would rival Troy in in, in finding uh, a which was pretty incredible to find, and yeah. that's a good aside yes. actually. I mean, I don't want to derail what you're talking about, but that's no. actually a good example of something that we thought was myth, but we discovered was real because we actually discovered evidence that a city that closely resembles it best that mm-hmm. it can 
really existed, whether the whole story of the the ships and the the following, um, right, following the the or the the face that that launched a thousand ships, all that kind of stuff, whether that's true or not, the Trojan horse, all that kind of stuff, who knows? But the city itself, after years and years and years and years and years of believing that it was all myth, finding it, it. it it goes to show that maybe all of this stuff could be real. Maybe Atlantis is real. Maybe El Dorado is real. Maybe all of it could be found someday. Now, Atlantis is a lot more romanticized than Troy ever was. Mm-hmm. There's not too many uh, people. Well, and, and we live in a different age. Troy Troy is, has been proven to exist. So maybe before Troy existed, there was that romance. But I don't, I think that the romanticism with Atlantis is far deeper because it... <sighs> When people talk about Atlantis, the first thing you think of is it's an advanced civilization. Troy wasn't considered to be an advanced civilization. It was more mm-hmm. a mythological thing right. than it was advanced. So you didn't have the, the ancient alien uh, didn't have hypotheses the and everything else. You just had like, okay, Troy, there was this battle and the Trojan horse and, and this, that, and the third. Atlantis, you got the romanticism in there. So you had a lot of of that involved. With El Dorado... The Golden City, you're going to have... Now, if they find it, if they ever find it, the government is going to be the first one on the scene. They always are, and they're going to crack down on it. And I think that's that's another reason why people don't want it found, too. Not because of the archaeologists and the the people, the tourism, because that's going to be a big thing. Anytime you find something, tourists are immediately like, oh, i got to go, because I, I, I myself uh, would be considered a tourist. I would love to go to, uh, to Pompoco and and uh, Angkor Wat and, and all these places, all these temples and, and look around and, and see the stuff. So I can understand, you know, natives don't want that. They don't want the government in there because, you know, once the government comes in there, they're going to be looking around for things because they're going to believe some of these myths and legends. Oh, the city of gold. There's got to be a treasure house here somewhere. So they're going to be, you know, disturbing the area. So with those reasons in mind, we can put that to the Atlantean aspect. And there's been places um, a volcano destroyed a, a city, and a lot of people said that this city had information that dealt with Atlantis. And I'll, I'll, like I said, I looked that up mm-hmm. on the break too long with El Dorado. But you know, it's 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 a really really murky thing. Atlantis is one of the murkiest civilizations that we don't know about. We just, you know, it's it's like a game of telephone. I think it was a game of telephone for um, our buddy Solon. Our mm-hmm. good buddy, Plato, you know, they had heard down the line, down the line, down the line. And after a while, if you play telephone, you're going to start, the people are going to start adding things because they don't hear it right. They don't know. Um, but with that being said, and I'll let Spider get into whatever he was going to say when we get back from the break. I want to go into the um, a segment that we've been doing. Let me give you some applause for that, by the way. Let me give you some applause to kind of usher it in. I'm going to make a little theme song. It's like a few seconds for it next time. (laughs) Here we go. I want to give a big big shout-out to Jason Link, too. Jason, he he sent me a a couple pictures about some disturbing cryptids or disturbing creatures, and I wanted to give him a shout-out for that. Also... Let me get a round of applause for our man, our homie, our best friend. You know him. You all love him. Count St. Germain. Let me get a round of applause for him, please. There, he gets the big applause because, you know, he deserves it. 
He deserves it. One of these days, man. <laughs> one of these days, he's going to come on the show and people are going to be like, that's not him. He's going to be like, I can tell you guys things that it's going to be a great day. It is. He's going to tell us about Alanis. He was there. He was there. I, I should have <laughs> asked him today when we, were at, when, we were, when we were at the water cooler at the office, the that's uncanny right. office. So I said, Count, how was Atlantis? Well, because I think he would talk like that. Maybe. Yeah. He got sidetracked yeah. talking to, the, to Vlad Tepish and everything, and, you know, they went off to do whatever they do. Out there, they're out there whitewater rafting. We get characters <laughs> in the office. We definitely do. Characters. Good people. Good folks. Maybe not so much Vlad Tepesh, Tepesh, whatever, but, you know, hey. <laughs> you know, you impale a couple people and they'll be a villain for the rest hey, of the Hey, he's life. a national hero, and I won't let anybody tell me otherwise. Right. <laughs> Shouts out to Romania. You know, he, he, did, he, did, he did the thing, so... But this week on the Uncanny Spotlight, I have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five disturbing creatures slash Oh, man, can you fit? Can you fit all that in the, in just 15 minutes? I don't know. We're going to find Maybe out. Maybe if I stop interrupting you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one of these attacks, Spider. That'd be fantastic. Wah, 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 wah. <clears throat> uh, this was sent to me by our good buddy Jason Link. Also, Reservoir, you can check out his newest album, Come Prepared, on Bandcamp. So, and you get at him for that. So, the first thing I'm going to talk about, and these are pretty much Asian with a nice Jewish mythology thrown in just for good measure. So, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Suchinoko, and that is a Japanese snake-like creature with the ability to speak and a taste for alcohol. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds like something we would hang out with, yeah. except that it's, it's always the lies. next grilling session. <clears throat> it always lies, always. Oh man, <clears throat> it, it's 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 a trickster kind of. Now it can it can turn into um, I think you say this aurora boros. Yep. Yeah, the the snake that eats its own tail. Hmm. It can turn into something like that by swallowing its own tail, and then it turns into like a wheel. So if you get four of those, you can take your cart down the. Down the <laughs> yeah. Um, this uh, now I knew about this before because it is from one of my favorite games, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Now that's for the Game Boy Advance, and in it you can get its soul, and then its soul will do something. But it's a little like worm creature, and you got to keep going in and, and out of the room to get it to appear. And then when it appears, you only have so many seconds for it jumps back into the ground. So the Suchinoko, the Japanese snake creature. Yes. <clears throat> Next up. The Mongolian Death Worm. Ooh, yeah. I love this one. I've, I've heard about this one. Yeah, see, hey, spider here, he knows. Now, this is a creature that's said to exist in the Gobi Desert. The worm has never been found. So people don't even know if it's a real worm or if it exists. It's, it's a lot of folk tales and, and hearsay. Now, this worm lives underground, and it can kill prey at a distance by spraying venom or electrical discharge. Ooh. Sounds like he needs to see a doctor for that yeah. electrical discharge. <laughs> right? Pew, pew, gun fingers. You've been hanging now, around in some sleazy bars, I think. Ooh. Now, there's been a... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Family friend, dude. I'll shut up. <laughs> we lost some listeners with this show. I'm going to have to re-add the explicit tag for this episode. <laughs> um, now, the, the Mongolian death worm... And, and I mean, how extreme is that for a name, too? I would love it if if a, if a person of Mongolian 
uh, lineage that can speak Mongolian could translate that back into Mongolian. I'd love to hear what that sounds like because Mongolian Deathworm sounds like a heavy metal band, almost a black metal band. We're Mongolian Deathworm! See? I mean, that's serious business. It does. So, now, nobody's ever saw it. Nobody's ever found it. There have been numerous, and, and Destination, I believe it's called Destination Travel or Destination Truth, went out to find it. News stations have tried to find them. All these scientists have tried to find it. Nobody's ever found it. Now, it's a desert, so I don't know if, you know, they're just not looking in all the places. The Gobi Desert's quite big. Oh, yeah. So nobody knows. Um, also, maybe it depends on the on the weight of the sand because they, they, they sense people by walking, or they not people, but their prey, they sense it by through sound waves, through, so through sound. Or, so they hear it, and then they attack. I think a bat does the same thing through... Echolocation. Yes. I was just trying to think of that, man. I got the words for you tonight. I got the big He's words. Got him. He's got them. Um, so the Mongolian deathworm. And you can see them. They will be playing in Topeka on Thursday at the uh, <laughs> With Fogoth. With Fogoth. He's Damn untamed, tamed. folks. <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to get that reference. So, Next up, we're headed back to Japan. We're taking our flight back on in to the Kami... Tachi, the Kamitachi. Now, this is a Japanese yokai. Now, what a yokai is, is the spirit or a ghost. And it's basically discussed in the Koshinetsu region. Wait, let me make sure I get this right. Koshinetsu region. And it can cut people using its nails on its hands that resemble sickles. So, <clears throat> let's think of a... It, it kind of looks like almost a, a feline or a four-legged creature with the fur and everything else. But instead of hands and feet, it's got nails that resemble sickles. And if anybody doesn't know what a sickle is, it's basically used for farming to cut grain or to, to harvest grain. Grim Reaper, anybody who's seen the Grim Reaper, it's kind of like a scythe, only it's one-handed. Right, right. It's a little smaller. So it looks like that, and it can cut you by flying next to you. And it, uh, it it's... It cuts you, and I guess from what I'm reading, it was, it was it's it's more of a painless kind of a cut. It still hurts, but it's more of a uh, you don't know you're cut until you see the blood and 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 that sort of thing. But this is another uh, creature that I got from uh, Castlevania, and I've noticed I'm seeing a lot of these pop up. And and the the funny thing about Castlevania is there's a lot of mythology in it. You have um, creatures from the from the demonology of Solomon, and we'll talk about that um, maybe in a future episode. That's a whole other topic. But they have things like this. They have things like the Tsuchinoko. Not the Mongolian Deathworm, unfortunately. That'd be pretty cool. It's too bad. <clears throat> you should have the Mongolian Deathworm in everything. Everything. So we have the Kamitachi. We have the Mongolian Deathworm and the Tsuchinoko. We've got two more left. Now, we're going to take our plane... We're going to land it in Israel, and we're going to talk about the, yeah, the I, I'm probably, I'm going to butcher this, the Dabyuk. I think I said that right. Anyways, it's a possessing spirit from Jewish mythology, and it is believed to be the soul of a dead person. It stays attached until that person helps out the spirit. Um, usually, that and nobody knows uh, how they can help. It's, it's person to person, but the, the reason I thought this was pretty serious is that if anybody ever heard of the Dubik box 
that's where one of the dub is supposed to be kept. It's a, it's a spirit box, so to speak. And our good buddy, best friend, Zach Baggins. Oh, we haven't while. talked about him for a couple weeks. It's been a while. He had a show called, I believe, Deadly Possessions. And in the show, because he's got his own museum, and if uh, this and Cunning Earth ever gets a chance, we're going to go out there. I want to go out there and see some of these things that he has. Supposedly he has Robert the Doll, which is a possessed doll. He's got the Dubbik box, which is the spirit that's in, in this wine box, so to speak, that was sold on eBay, actually. A guy had put it up on eBay and somebody bought it because people love to buy cursed things. Uh, what can I say? Humanity isn't very smart. That's probably why Atlantis is sitting at the bottom of the ocean at this point. That's neither here nor there. So <clears throat> this thing is basically a spirit that attaches itself to, to, to somebody. And obviously it, it, it's more of a parasitic uh, spirit by nature. And it has this, the, the person help it do what it couldn't achieve in its own life. So it's out here, you know, it might have you go do some wrong to somebody that wronged them. And, and, and then that is a slippery slope of a mess. Mm-hmm. So we have that now. The final one here, and this is probably the one of the one of the ones that I thought was kind of the coolest one. I didn't really know much about this, and I was like, "Oh man, this is really cool, really creepy, really weird, but really cool." We have the, and I'm gonna butcher this all to you know what. If there's any Southeast Asian folks out there listening, I apologize, but I'm gonna try my best here on this one. The Penanangalan. I think I got that right, actually. Or it could be the Penanangalan. It's a ghost vampire, always a female, of Southeast Asian mythology. So you're your Southeast Asian countries. Um, it is a detached female head. So picture a woman's head flying around. But, and this is this is the creepy part. Like the, the fly, I know you're thinking out there, Rob, the flying head is creepy enough. <laughs> what its stomach and entrails drag along with it. I'm going to let you guys process that. First. Sounds like somebody had a bad day. Oh, my goodness. Bad day. So basically, your your you know, your lungs are, all your organs are hanging out of your body, and it's connected to your head. You have you don't have your skin suit, your bone suit. You know, so you're, you're, you're lost without it. So it uh, it's a living being during the daytime. So during the day, it is just a normal midwife. Now, the reasoning how it can do this is because it made a bargain with the devil that if it could get supernatural powers, it wouldn't eat meat for 40 days. Well, somehow they end up getting tricked, and they still end up eating meat, and then this is the, this is what happens, the curse they get. So at night, it becomes this floating head with organs hanging out, and it travels looking for any form of um, pregnancy fluids, placenta, blood, infant blood, anything that it can get to feed off of. It's vampiric, so remember it needs blood to survive. Now, supposedly these things are sit in a, in a, in a tub of vinegar. And that's how you can tell if there's one among you. If you get around a woman and she smells like vinegar, she may be a penangalon. We're probably going to get in some trouble for that, but hey, <laughs> cross that path when we do it. No, but that is exactly how they say that, that you can tell if you're around one is if she smells like vinegar. So if she smells like vinegar, guys, folks, everywhere, everybody, buddy, get back. Back away. But the only way to stop this creature is to keep it from going back into its body. 
Now its body sits in a tub of vinegar. Its head and organs are flying around, floating around. Now what some people do is they will put glass shards inside of the body, inside of the neck opening, so that when the organs go in, they get lacerated and cut up, and then the person dies. Another way is they turn the body completely around so that it goes in backwards so that people know what it is, and then it can kill it in that form or fashion. Um, these things have been known, and now this is this is not real or not uh, uh, proven factually. I'm just giving you what they've been known to do in the in the in the non-factual sense, fictional sense, so to speak. They have come through floorboards. They can use through floorboards. They can go through windows. So people will put up ropes and twines and razors and everything else, fencing, just so that it gets caught, so people can kill it. Now this is a big thing in these countries. They will put this stuff up because they're they're superstitious. And they'll keep them from coming in in your home. Now, this the reason why I thought this was a really interesting take is because it's one of the more odd um, creatures, so to speak, that I've ever heard. I've, I've this this is a whole different level for me. So it was really interesting to kind of see some people's uh, uh, superstitions that aren't uh, here in the U.S. So mm. there you have it, folks. So we have the let's do a quick recap before we jump into our break here. We have the Suchinoko, the Japanese steak. We have, of course, everybody's favorite new band, new metal band, the Mongolian Devil. Yeah. Yeah. You can see them live at the Gobi Desert on Tuesday, 8 o'clock, two drink minimum. <laughs> then we have the Kamachi, the Japanese yokai spirit that basically uh, can catch up with its sickle hands. So, like, Almost like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then we have the Dibuk, which I probably butchered that, so I apologize. Which is the possessing spirit from Jewish mythology that kind of hangs on. When he was not looking for uh, WNDs in Iraq, by the way. I don't. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That was a bit of a stretch, but I I thought it was worth making the joke. So apparently, I crashed. I'm gonna disagree here. And then we have the Penangalan, the ghost vampire woman that will come and drink your blood with her organs hanging out. So there you have it. That is another installment of our Uncanny Spotlight. And to this week, it was brought to you by Jason Link, a.k.a. Reservoir, with the fresh album, Come Prepared, out now. Get at him for that. And uh, we're going to see you back here in a couple minutes. Tell you about all the good shows that are on this network on the AT on the LT ATM network. So take it away. All right, and here we go. Back in five, or not even that long, minute and a half. <laughs> hey, everybody! It's your good friend Spider from Let's Talk About the Music Radio Network here to tell you about all the quality content that we have for you to listen to every week. On Wednesday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 Pacific, it's the Let's Talk About the Music radio show. It's our flagship show. It sets the cornerstone of the whole network. We talk to a wide range of industry professionals in the entertainment business, and we get their opinions on all kinds of things, controversial or otherwise. Tune in. On Thursday nights, it's the brand new This Uncanny Earth. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, where we talk about a wide variety of paranormal experiences, paranormal instances, and anything else that ends with z. Ha 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 ha. You knew it have to sneak a joke in there somewhere. So tune into that with me and my good buddy Rob every week. Get to the chat room, get to the Facebook group, This Uncanny Earth Official, and let's hear your opinions. 
on Friday nights every week, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. You have the Dirty Rotten Weekend with me, and I'm going to be playing the best underground indie music for you, uncensored, unfiltered, commercial-free for a couple hours for your listening pleasure. And that's what we got. Tune in every week and listen on demand on a wide variety of streaming services. I look forward to seeing you in the chat room. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, um, everybody. So I, I took a second here and I looked up where El Dorado supposedly could have been, and it was in Colombia. So I was off by a little bit. Still South America, but Colombia. Mm. So that's where, that's where El Dorado could have been. Now, let's get back into Atlantis. We had a great uncanny spotlight there. It was fantastic. But I want to get back into Atlantis because that is really what we're here for today. Now, what I want to talk about right now is I'm going to talk about where Atlantis probably was. And it wasn't called Atlantis. No, it was not. So when Solon was running around doing his thing, he met a king in Lydia. Like I said, Lydia would be the area of current-day Turkey. And he visited King Croesus in 570 BC, and they traded stories about historical aspects of past civilizations, like all people do. We, me and Spider do. We say, hey, remember when that store was there back in mm-hmm. the day? And, and that's what we do. And that store's not there anymore. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, so... <laughs> We t- we're, these two guys are talking, and they bring up the tale of Tantalus. Ah, Tantalus. Now, Tantalus is spelled T-A-N-T-A-L-U-S, but that's the figure. The city is spelled T-A-N-T-A-L-I-S. Now, if we arrange some letters, we're going to come out with Atlantis. Yes. Now, the tale of Tantalus was a, 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 a Lydian one. Mm. It was a legendary mythological. Or Tantalus was a was a legendary mythological king of Lydia, who closely resembled the King Atlas of Atlantis. Now, what you're going to notice here is you're going to see a lot of uh, civilizations mirroring each other's gods and, and beliefs, but they might change names up a bit, but keep the same story. So, I just want to make sure you guys are out there and know that. Now, the the tale of Tantalus. Um, he overstepped his bounds. Okay, so what he did, he did some pretty heinous things. He fed Zeus his own son. Now, Zeus was by no means a good a good god. He did some horrible, horrible <laughs> thing. But being fed your own son, that probably would, would, would be a little bit more cake topping. Now, obviously, Zeus brought his own son back, sent this dude... You know, and the word the word tantalizing comes from tantalus. By mm-hmm. the way, I was going to say so that. Good they, job. They, yeah, what they did was one of the punishments. There's supposedly a couple. But one of the ones was they put him in a grotto or in a spring and put a big old boulder hanging up right above his head and made it look like they were going to drop it on. So he was always worried that it was going to drop on him. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm in, if if it's if it's me trapped in a place. For eternity after all, I'm like either drop it or don't. Either drop the boulder or don't drop it on my head. Because I'm, I, I flinched a thousand years ago and I'm done now. So every time it moves, I'm not scared now. Just drop the boulder. Let's go ahead and do that. 
Some some also say he was chained to a boulder, and there, there's a lot of there's a lot of, which is an interesting of... kind of comparison to uh, to Prometheus because he was chained yes. to a boulder for giving fire to uh, to humanity, and uh, so interesting kind of comparison in in godly punishments. And Prometheus was a titan. Mm-hmm. Atlas was also a titan. So these aren't gods; these are titans. These are next level gods so to speak and of course you have Kronos which is the father of all of them there's a whole thing we could do about that but Mm. Tantalus had similar aspects to Atlantis there was a big there were giant statues uh, in the shape of goddesses I believe Celion was her name I I could be wrong on this one but Celion was her name and they had a tall statue to her they had they were advanced civilization. They had precious metals. They had all this, suppose they had all this, and it even went down in similar fashion. It was struck down by an earthquake. So, you have to wonder if it's not the exact same thing. But Solon just said, "You know what? The Greeks are my people. I'm going to take Tantalus and just turn it into Atlantis." Switch a couple things around because Atlantis comes from Atlas, obviously, and we'll just make it work. To me, this seems like the most probable explanation for Atlantis. It makes the most sense. Now, I'm sure a lot of people think, well, that doesn't make any sense. But the wording is similar. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the cultures, because I believe that the, the Lydians were from Phygeria, if I'm not mistaken. I think I said that right. P-H-Y-R-G-I-A. Sounds Spider. Right. Um Another thing, too, before we get too far off of it, is that oh, uh, go ahead. Th- this kind of story repeating but replacing cultural aspects of it was not uncommon. It's actually something that was repeated many, many times, especially with religious uh, w- religious groups um, the over the Buddha, years. For example... Exactly, because um, I mean, a lot of your a lot of your current religions that people know, like uh, like Christianity and and Islam and Judaism, they they took from earlier myths and earlier stories. I don't want to insult anybody and then call them myths and things like that unnecessarily, but just for for sake of wording, um, they took from earlier stories and and retold them in ways that were a little bit more complementary or that fit more with with their outlook. It doesn't make them any less true. It doesn't make the new religion any any false or anything like that. It just means that that was a way for them to relate to the new people that they were bringing their religion to. We know for a fact that uh, that Christianity absorbed a lot of the, the the pagan festivals and things to try to make it more palatable, and that's fine. Um, again, not to invalidate anybody's religious thought or anything like that, but um, it's just an interesting thing that that. Uh, these kinds of stories have been retold like this many, many times, and they are usually retold to make uh, the locals feel good about themselves as opposed to whoever the original story was about. And the thing is, too, <clears throat> this is why I don't believe he got it from Egyptian um, Egyptian folks, because they wouldn't have had similar... The, the only way that Egypt had some similar ideas was in Thoth and Hermes. Oh man, I am. Not. Was it tri- trans? Transfigurus, sir. 
however you say it. Transmogistus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy we talked about <laughs> in the alchemy episode. Go back and listen to that one. I apologize if I butchered that name, but I don't have it in front of me. So, And it is kind of a weirder name, but that's one of the ways. Hermes Thrice Great, you can say. <clears throat> yeah, Hermes, Hermes Three Cool Guy. That's real good. <laughs> but we have um, <clears throat> a more similar culture with Phygeria. And I hope I said that right. I'm sure somebody out there that is a archaeologist is like, I really don't like these guys. They can't even get the names <laughs> right. I've had all I could stand. I'm out of here. Well, good luck, I guess. I don't know. But <clears throat> we have that. So we have, and, and I think Tantalus is the is the best um, aspect that we have. Because, I mean, you, we don't know these guys could have definitely embellished they could have had the, the the pride of the Athenian glory because, you know, Athens was a was a major city and a, and a major hub of, of civilization. So why not, you know, why not maybe skim a little off the top of this culture and say, you know what, let's bring it over here. We'll call it Atlantis. People will buy it, and we'll go from there because Tantalus is older, right? We'll we'll do that. Nobody's really big on Tantalus. Atlantis, though, that has a good, good ring to it. Let's just make that happen. So, excuse me. My theory is they took this name. Now, remember, this is Greek, so I don't know if these, this would be pronounced the same, obviously. But it seems pretty close in terms of lettering. So, we, we have this. So, we have Tantalus. We have Atlantis. <clears throat> we have two mythological cities, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? And they share similar characteristics to the statue. Now, where they don't, obviously, is the giant ringed city. But I don't know. To, I, the, the Atlantis is the only place I know that has the ringed city. And to me, it would be kind of tough to build that. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Again, we're, we're only now coming to grips with some of the engineering marvels that our ancestors really created. I mean, everybody knew about the pyramids for, for a long time. People have known about all of these different things. <clears throat> But we're still no closer to understanding exactly how this stuff was made. I mean, we've got a lot of guesses and a lot of scientific ideas and things, but no no real, like, clue for sure how it was done. We don't have a guide. We don't have a book that said, we made the pyramids this way. And um, the same thing with, with uh, like, the Maori heads in the on Easter Island and, uh, and all these different things. Even the giant stone heads from the Toltecs we don't really know about. Um, so there's so many things that were just kind of in the dark that we can't prove one way or another. And I think I I follow the, the latest discoveries that we find as far as like early man and, and Neanderthal and all that kind of, kind of stuff pretty close because I think it's really fascinating the kind of stuff that we're discovering. We're discovering not only that it was commonplace that, uh, that ancestors mated with each other from different humanoid strains, but that they were also a little bit more, I don't want to say cultured, but a little bit more, they they had more culture than we give them credit for. Um, they had more ways of, of leaving, not necessarily a written word, but a pictorial, a pictorial representation of, of their lives at the time. And I just think so much of that possibly has been lost so that we can't really translate anymore. There's just too much of it lost that we don't understand. So we... I think one day we'll find something really like flat out jaw dropping, like a, that there was an ancient city 
of uh, of Cro-Magnon or something like that that was super advanced and they spoke a language and they had all this other kind of stuff and that it was so damaged and destroyed that all we have left is a single tablet. And uh, I think it's going to shake people. I think people are going to be like, no, that, that can't be true. We've known all our lives that modern man has been the most advanced ever. And I think we're going to be surprised. I think someday we're going to have to come to terms with the fact that we were not the most advanced people in ancient days all the time. It's awesome that you bring this up because I was just going to go into the next sort of, and, and I'm going to call this little segment the uncanny aspect. Now, this is where I'm, we're already kind of uncanning here with this, with the Atlantis and all that. Mm. But I want to break this down now. We're going to talk about a, a gentleman, okay, named Edgar Case. Maybe Case, Casey. Casey. Like Casey, yeah. Now, this gentleman was born in 1877, and he lived until 1945 A.D. Anno Domini, or the year of our Lord. Once again, uh, I don't know how they do the other one yet. I'm not really up to date on the other dates. I'm so used to B.C. A.D. Um, now, uh, Casey was a was a mystic. He was a, a mystic, a um, I believe a fortune teller, and he just he he was one of the, he was one of those people that that could. See into the future, so to speak. Nostradamus, almost. Um, he says that Atlantis was the first civilization and was technologically superior to even our own. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about this a little bit, and you know, we said that they could have been supposedly it was developed using alien technology and that they used crystal energy to cut enormous blocks of stone for their pyramids and the tech came from aliens. But Casey really doesn't bring in the alien aspect into it from what I was reading. He says that it, like I said, it was it was the size of Eurasia, which is twenty one point twelve million miles squared. He also goes on to say that Atlantis was the first civilization, so the very first. So it, pre, it would predate Sumer, it would predate Mesopotamia. Uh, and now, like I said, it was technologically superior to even our own time. Now, when we say own time, we can't really say two thousand and nineteen. We would have to say around the time that Edgar K- Edgar Casey died which would be 1945. So technology in 1945. Yeah, yeah. So technology in 1945 would be would be a limit. Um, superior could be us, could be our our time now. Um, <clears throat> but he also said that Atlanteans had harnessed the power of the quantum world, used crystals and sound waves for healing, had elevators that used air and steam. Quartz crystals, using them to mine gold, copper, silver, and more from the earth. This goes back to our precious metals um, aspect. And the crystal skull could have came from Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Now, Spider, how much do you know about the crystal skulls? I know there's several of them. Not all of them are, are shaped the same. Most of them have been supposedly carved to be absolutely seamless. Like, there's no seams for molds. There's no, uh, there's no cut marks. There's no, um, there's no obvious method of construction. Supposedly, when you look at one, and they're supposed to be, they're supposed to give off a resonance. Now, there's from what I've been seeing that there's actually a. Um, that's where the crystal skulls come from. Supposedly, is Atlantis. They're made in Atlantis. Now, I'm not. Do you know what they were, what they're used for? Um, some people supposedly say that they're used for healing. Other people say that they're for, for divination. Um, it, it just depends on the owner, really. There's only a couple that we know of that are currently in existence that people are, are really talking about or either allowed to talk about, which is an interesting thing, 
or whether they're they feel comfortable talking about i would be interested to get my hands on one of these things just to see what it looks like i don't know if they have any in in a museum somewhere but i would definitely like to see one uh up close maybe mm-hmm. i get uh, some some maybe i get a resonant frequency from atlantis maybe i gotta go back to my people that's right I know what you're all thinking, too. You're like, no, don't leave. Your show's awesome. We love you. We'd be stuck with spiders. Live from Atlantis, it's this uncanny earth. <laughs> See, but if I leave, then you guys are stuck with spider. Nobody wants to be stuck with spider. Nah, not really. I mean, I would rather not, but that's what the alcohol's for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so depressed. Just kidding. Just I'm kidding. good. He's I don't need an intervention. It's all right. He's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I gave him an intervention already. I brought whiskey to him, and we had an intervention that's on right. being sober. <laughs> that's no insult to anybody that's that's trying to clean up their act. That's just a little joke between some good friends, so don't be offended. That's right. Um, some other things they had, telepathy, psychokinesis, and astral projection to go into the fourth dimension. Now... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever that sound was, that is exactly how I feel about it. This is one of those times, like I told you folks earlier, where I think that with stuff like this, it, it just diminishes the 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 Atlantean idea. I think it just it, it kind of takes it down a peg because of things like this. I, I'm all for advanced civilizations. I'm all for that. I, I think that yeah, there's been many that could that probably have existed before Sumeria, before Mesopotamia that we don't know about. But in terms of telepathy and psychokinesis and astral projection and fourth dimension, I don't. I, it's hard for me to buy that because we don't have that today. People say they can project. People say that they have telepathy, but I don't. And it's it's hard for me to accept that when there's people that say they do and and I can't like you know I I can't. Uh, I can't sit here and just and talk to spider in my head, you know. I could say I'm doing that, but they might take me to the fourth floor of a hospital. <laughs> but to sit here and, and say that, I, I think it diminishes Atlantis as a whole. Now, that's not to to, to disrespect anybody that that is that is maybe telepathic or that can do these things, you know that 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 can do astral projection. And if anybody doesn't know what that is, that's where you can, I guess fall asleep and or, or meditate yourself into a way you can take your spirit out of your body and roam around hmm. so I, <clears throat> I don't know anybody that can do that I've heard some people say you can I've heard that Tibetan monks uh, can do it Shaolin monks could do it Buddhism like Buddhist monks could do it I've heard um, the Brahmin priests in India could do it but I've never met any Joe Schmo walking around like hey I could definitely take my body and fly around Joe Schmo- oh, you know, I, I actually, I have a few times in interacting with some people who are not too bright online, I've had plenty of people who are just like, I, I, I'll flat out say that, you know what, you're you're totally wrong, and uh, and you, you think you're awesome, <laughs> but you're not. I've met these people online a few times. We all know those kind of people if you're involved in, in paranormal talk or anything like that. Right, you, you sure can, do. You get somebody who says, I've been known to cast out demons and I can charge $4 a minute and I will secure your home of all of your safe scrubbing needs. And you have no idea what they're talking about because they can't do anything. But um, that's another example of people who kind of ruin it for everybody else who might actually have some kind of ability. Because I don't think the idea of astral projection is just completely something we can discount. 
But I no, also no. believe that 90% of the people who say they can do it probably have never done anything even close to it in their lives. No, and and the and I've noticed the people that do have these kind of like powers or gifts, you don't hear about them a lot. And I, to me, like it falls back into the El Dorado thing. They don't want people to know because if people know, they're going to want to test them or they're going to want to be beaten at their door. Hey, can you can you interv- can I interview you for this? Or you know, how do you do it? You know, because I mean, you don't see people beating down the doors of, of Buddhist monks and, and Tibetan priests and all this, but I but that's because it's in their society. It's not as big of a deal, I guess, because they they look at these holy men as having these these kind of powers and and that I think we as Americans and this isn't to be like I know somebody out there's like ah he don't like freedom he's going to bash America <laughs> bash it no I think we in America have this love affair with sensationalism and whenever something sensational happens because our our religious leaders and I'm going to be dead honest with you most of them are scumbags. And that's a fact. We've got Ernest Angley here in uh, in in Ohio, in our area of Ohio. We've got his super mega church just up north here in Akron. So you know, we and <laughs> he got in trouble for some for some things. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna to to talk about that here. But you should definitely Google it. I actually attended that church, and it was it was a form of testing the spirit kind of a thing. And there's a whole thing behind that. Maybe one day I'll talk about it. But I went there and met met some good folks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and, and knock uh, some of the good people I met. Oh, yeah. I mean, most people who go to that kind of stuff, they're not all bad people. They just get taken advantage no. of. My rule of thumb, basically, for people out there, if you're looking at this kind of stuff, and you're like, well, now you're bashing my religion. No. The more money <laughs> that that a religion tries, not necessarily makes naturally, but tries and pushes to make, mm-hmm. the less you should be like, okay, I think you know what you're talking about. Just roll of thumb. I mean, that's not to say that somebody who has a lot of money can't be believed. I'm just saying that if somebody makes a focus to make money off of something they're trying to convince you to believe, you should look into why. That's all. That's all I'm going to tell you. And 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 see, I'm I'm a little bit more religious than Spider is. Not to the point where I where I condemn Spider because me and Spider don't even have the same religious beliefs. Oh no, at we're all. pretty different. Like super different. Pretty different. But we get along because we both. Uh, you know, Spider is one of the only few people I can have political discussions with, religious discussions with. Because we come into it with facts, we don't come into it with, with you know, you know, you know, my God's going to do this if you don't act right. Because at the end of the day, I got to look at it like this: I'm, I'm me. I can only, I can only live my life. I can't live his life, and I'm having enough trouble living my life. <laughs> and that's not a call for help or anything. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not. We're just going to get all kinds of people contacting us for interventions right. all day. Right. Do you guys need help? Are you guys, do you guys need some help? I no, I, you can call. <laughs> Life is, for some folks, it's hard. And I don't mean hard in a way like, I had to walk six miles of school, work 50 jobs. No, it's just, it's it's tough, man. You know, it's it's hard being a, uh, you know, I got I got a, I got a child, and, and children are hard to raise, man. Let me tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. Don't so even I get me started. Life is rough, but it, but it's nothing I, I don't like, and I don't, I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy every day with my child. My child's awesome. Shouts out to him. But, I don't even know where we're going, but you know, me suspension and of disbelief. We can have these conversations, and we're still going to be friends because, at the end of the day, we don't judge each other for it. And uh, with these with these big religions, these big mega churches and stuff like that, they just they, they take advantage of people. Joel Osteen is like million million millionaire, 
he got this big old church and when uh i think it was texas was going through the storm and the flag and the hurricane he didn't even open the doors and let somebody in now you don't complain do about it and they put him in the news for it when you when you don't do that you're kind of a scumbag because you you're 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 putting out these beliefs that you know i, I love god and I, I am for what he stands for but then you don't do the thing that he stands for you're kind of a hypocrite and you you want all these millions of dollars i could see you know him saying i don't want you in my house maybe he's not real comfortable with that but this is a church this is where people are supposed to go for spiritual safety but you don't want him in there for physical safety and the reason they said they didn't want to get the carpet wet did you read about that it's (laughs) and the thing is he has so much money that wet carpet could have been replaced in a day but we're not here to talk about that. I don't even know how we got on this tangent. We, this this would just be called episode twenty one, Tangent Town, because it's just what we have been doing this entire time. Well, that's okay. What, I I kind of foresaw that this episode was going to be Atlantis is one of those things that leads to a lot of different topics, and this is definitely yes. going to be more of a discussion episode. This is more of like a round table. Like, I mean, there's only two of us, so it doesn't matter what the size of the table is. Well, our audience but, is out there, and they should be having a discussion. That's right. You guys are on our, our table, so it's a round table, or it's it can be a hexagon table, or like an isohedron table, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I love where this is going. Are we getting back into sacred geometry? <laughs> because I hope they have like another two hours, because there's a lot of stuff I didn't cover in that episode. That's right. That I would love to cover now. So get your dodecahedrons out. We're going to have some fun. But there's going to be some episodes like this one where this is going to be... We're just going to be talking back and forth about stuff. It's a conversation. And we that's another thing. You guys get involved with the conversation. Get in the Facebook group. Talk to us. Um, if you really want to be on the show, I can work out some ways for you to be here. Yeah. Um, I, would lo- I would love to have some other than... I would love to hear somebody else talk besides myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got so tired of hearing my own opinion. I don't even agree with it. <laughs> I argue with myself in the mirror every morning just to keep myself healthy. But but yeah, get get in here. And the thing is, we welcome different ideas respectfully. Now you're not gonna come on our show and disrespect us because you'll get the boot. I mean, you will <laughs> literally get the boot. We'll come out to where you're at, give you a boot, and then send you packing. It'd be like that or, scene from uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Like, did you know uh, yeah. Spider nope, and nope, this Uncanny nope, Earth? Nope. I'm not going to say it. it. I'm just going to say, Don't did say you it. say that they had no facts, no research, and that they were not hardcore at all? You're going to get you're going to get your feelings hurt. So just <laughs> come on the show respectfully. We don't and and listen. We'll we uh, we can interview people that that I don't might not believe in whatever you're believing, but I'll give you a voice as long as it's not racist. I don't want to be up here like Hitler. Yeah. Ever because then I'm just gonna. Run if we'd have had this episode and we'd had a guest on and we've been talking about Aryans, we're like, well, obviously the Aryans are the supreme and they are going to take over. And I am not even sure what my accent is, but I've decided to say it in a strange way to sound good. Then you know we're not gonna let you on the show. No, nah, especially with an accent like that. I mean, I should have kicked myself off the show for that. I would kick him off right now for that. I control the board. Hitler's the best ever. Live. No, you're gonna get the boot. Once again, we'll come to your house and give you the boot. That's right. But but come on the show. If you're an empath, come on the show. If you're a psychic, come on the show. If you're Count Saint Germain, please come on the show. I mean, come on, dude. Come on, dude. Be on the show. Seriously. We love Count Saint Germain. We hate Hitler, but we love Count Saint Germain. That's right. Hate Hitler. In the words of in the immortal words of Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, 
Nazis. I hate these guys. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, me too, Indiana. But he's not named. The funny thing, fun fact, Indiana isn't his real name because he was named after that name was the dog's name. So Indiana is the dog's name. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back. Oh, my goodness. It's straight so far <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if we were doing an episode like this. This is our, our this is our deep diving discussion. Have some fun episode. Uh, Edgar Casey. I wonder if he predicted this by this episode. He, whew, that was weird. He predicted Atlantis would be found in 1968 to 1960 between 1968 and 1969. Now, during that time, Bimini Road was discovered in the Atlantic Ocean on September 2nd, 1968. Now, I want to just jump in real quick before we go off on tangent number 1,155. I want to start putting more dates in because I, I feel like I haven't put enough dates into things. And so I'm really working on that because dates are important. I think dates dates bring more factual proof than you know just saying, well, around that time, that thing happened. And then that time, that thing happened. I like to have some, some concrete dates. I'm going to try to work on that as, as a... As your host here, instead of saying um, back in those days, right. back in that back in my day, Atlantis was a civilization. <laughs> so this was located off the northwest coast of the Bimini Islands, uh, and now they said it could have been a, an ancient civilization, or it could have been a, a feature composed of beach rock. Now, obviously, I haven't been there yet. That's a that's a hint. For all you uncannyites out there, when we start setting up some things to support the show, mm. maybe you can set us out there and we'll explore it. We'll do a show from Bimini Island, which would be pretty sweet. So we'll do that, and uh, y'all will be excited. So he predicted that, uh, that they would find some form of Atlantis. And then they find that. Now, that could have been a stretch prediction, because you find a wall, or you find a road. I, I mean, people get excited. They think, oh, it's Atlantis. But <clears throat> I doubt it was Atlantis. But uh, again, when Spider was talking about the pyramid and uh, mm-hmm. off the coast of Japan, there's also other pyramids. And I don't know if we brought this up last on, on the pyramid show about underwater pyramids because there's those. There's actually underwater pyramids. And some of them have some energy flowing through them and all that all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so so that's if Sp- Spider, you got anything to add? Just that that's going to be another episode. Pyramids to the return. The the pyramiding? <laughs> that's right. The pyramiding. <clears throat> all right, so we got all that out of the way. Now it's time for Spider and Rob, or Rob and Spiders, because alphabetically I should be first. <laughs> <clears throat> it's time for our, one of our favorite segments of the show, and that is the pop, pop, <laughs> what happened to my pop voice? Culture. Pop culture. The pop culture. Yeah, pop culture aspect of this uncanny earth, and uh, I'm going to set this off here with 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 a good book, old book, 1800s book, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, solid, good choice. Solid, it's a solid book. I agree. Giant dragon. <clears throat> yeah, in Atlantis, it is the tale of Captain Nemo and his ship, the Nautilus. Fun fact: there used to be a place. Uh, close to my folks house when I was growing up they it was it was called Captain Nemo's and they actually had a sub get this called the Nautilus and the thing was huge this was for like parties it was cool it was cool but anyways I digress and it's many adventures speaking of Atlantis when Nemo visits the sunken city in his submarine 
Now, <clears throat> as everybody knows, or anybody that's read the book, he ends up going crazy. Things happen, explosions, <laughs> crash ship, all that jazz. It's not the 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 uh, a big tale of Atlantis, but it's it's just it's one of the many that mentions the city itself. Spider, what do you got for books? <clears throat> um, well, book wise, there's there's a lot of books out there that that talk about Atlantis, and we can get into a lot of the like a lot of textbooks. We can get into a lot of fiction. Um, one of the uh, a book series that talks about Atlantis peripherally is uh, is the Earth Chronicles series by Zachariah Sitchin, which we've mentioned him a few times before. Um, yeah. He talks about mostly his focus is on ancient Samaria and Mesopotamia <clears throat> and about the Anunnaki and all that other kind of good stuff. He does mention a few times, uh, not very often, because I don't think he really believed too much in the Atlantis myth. I think he, he doesn't and, really go into it much. No, I think he felt it was a myth with some sort of truth somewhere in there. But um, his idea ironic because what he believed, I'm not, I'm not. But but it's ironic that he thinks that oh, yeah. that was a myth. Right. He he had a tendency <laughs> to to not really. He wasn't the best translator. I mean, he no. wasn't awful, but he wasn't the best. I mean, nobody is really great at transmit at uh, translating ancient Sumerian. It's a dead language. It's it's uh, the only evidence we have on it is a certain set of tablets that are really difficult to to translate. We have no idea how it was spoken. We have no idea how it sounds. So I, I can't blame him one hundred percent. But he took his understanding of the language, which was incomplete, and he he built a whole bunch of stuff off it. I'm really entertained by it. I love all the stuff that he wrote. It made a big impact on me when I was looking at um, into uh, the um, the ancient aliens, um, ancient astronauts theory, and everything like that. So I think he's very influential, and I think he said a lot of things that were important to t- to think about. Oh yeah, but I can't sure. say it was one hundred percent correct. And he didn't really give a lot of credence to Atlantis. He um, he he <clears throat> mentions it very rarely. He focuses more on real-world places that we know more or less that existed and then goes on to the, the alien theories from there. Um, and the thing... Oh, sorry. But Go for ahead, a good fault. skeptical <clears throat> look at, at possibilities there, um, you can check out his Earth Chronicles and see for yourself and, uh, and, and take what you can from there. Interesting side note. Um, I, you know, I wasn't really big into to the ancient I didn't even really know about the ancient alien theory I wasn't real big into a lot of that stuff Um, I've always been fascinated with archaeology that's not really been uh, something that I just found but but about 10 years ago man it's almost been 10 years ago that I've been doing this research crazy Mm -hmm. the first uh, I forget where I where I had heard it heard about it from maybe a friend or or something maybe you were, were, were talking but I had I had heard about this book, maybe watching Ancient Aliens or something like that, but <clears throat> I'd heard about a book called the uh, uh, what, what's what's the first one called? I have it upstairs too, and I can't even remember what the first one's called. The Twelfth Planet. Yeah, because I was thinking Genesis Revisited, but that's that's a that's like that's like the, the third or fourth book, mm. or not even in that series. But I remember getting it from from Borders back when Borders still existed. <laughs> And I sat down and read it, and I was just—it was like that day. From that day forward, my mind was open to like the concepts. Now I didn't mm. grab the book and like, I believe all of this word for word because I—I—I I, I, I went into skepticism because when you're when you are put something that heavy 
on your shoulders to think that aliens might have interfered with everything and that you know Nibiru and all that and you and you and the Anunnaki you can go read that on your own but it was fascinating mm-hmm. it was it was it was like all the science fiction books I'd ever read now there were now somebody was saying this might be a possibility so I studied it researched it and that led to deeper research about a lot of different things and and that got me into like sacred geometry and stuff like that and so it was just really fascinating stuff and so i i just kept at it i kept researching and kept studying and here we are today and we're doing a show and and i'm loving it i'm enjoying it but i just wanted to kind of drop that in because i thought it was kind of a cool uh um, Mm -hmm. talk about since spider brought that up but uh as far as books jumping back into our topic from tangent city 101 (laughs) uh robert e howard he wrote call the conqueror Supposedly, or not supposedly, but Call the Conqueror is an Atlantean. Now, I, I know some of you would be like, who? What? His other famous character, his more famous character, uh, uh, a person that I, I really enjoy reading these books, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. He is ascended from, or descended from, sorry, descended from Cole's Atlanteans. Which is cool because I've always been a real big fan of Conan the Barbarian. I've, I've liked the books. I've even liked the movies. He does the thing with Seth and he kills him and he's a giant snake. But I enjoyed all of that. Like I thought they're really good series. I don't think uh, Howard wrote all of them. I think a lot of different people wrote the different books and comic books and stuff like that. But a really good, uh, a really good book series as a whole. Conan the Barbarian, uh, Call the Conqueror. I really wasn't didn't know too much about um but conan the barbarian i've been reading since i was wish there's a movie of cole um 14. it's the not with... all that great it's uh it's stars it crawl um... no well there was crawl crawl is entirely different thing it's got nothing to do with it but there is the one with the with the with the, sh- with the with the shuriken that's it's like crawl. a boomerang it's crawl okay. with an r crawl with an r okay, okay. <laughs> has um has Sorbo? Is it Anthony Sorbo? Is it the guy oh, who played Hercules? Right. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Hercules. And he's called that's Conqueror. Right. It's a really campy movie too. It, it came out way after the Conan movies had been out. It's really campy. Um, it's ridiculous, and uh, I can't say whether it's worth watching or not. <laughs> but it's, it is kind of entertaining. But there is a Cold Conqueror movie for those of you who want to see something barely resembling the myth. And the funny thing is, is that uh, the the new Conan movie, the newer, which I liked, I don't know mm-hmm. if a lot of people liked it, but I really liked the new Conan, newer. I'd say it's what maybe like six, seven years old now. Yeah, it's I the latest think, one. Think, there hasn't been another one since then. I think it had the dude that plays Aquaman. I think Jason Momoa was 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 Conan the Barbarian in that movie. And that's another. We'll talk about that when we get to movies about Aquaman because that's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, Conan is descended from Atlanteans, which is cool because I mean it adds to the Conan mythos. And let me just say something real quick before we jump into the next book. They need to really expand the Conan universe. I need a Conan video game, not whatever that is that that that's out now. It's not that fun. I know developers might be listening. Like, what do you mean our game isn't fun? It's not fun. <laughs> Well, that's an it's, online game, and online games are always kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they're okay, and sometimes they're just, oh, man. But it's Conan. I don't want Building Simulator. <laughs> that's what you get. You get Building Simulator. 
Conan the Farm so Conan, Conan the Conan the the Conan the Librarian, the dating simulator. We will go out to Hyperborea and we will have a picnic under the stars. We're going to go out there. We're going to do it now. <laughs> I'm here filming Cohagen. Give those people some air. Wrong, wrong movie. I don't know if anybody's ever seen UHF, but Conan the Librarian was hilarious. Classic. Weird Al movie. Weird Al's in it. No? All right. Uh, go ahead and, uh, Spider, give the next book so I can kind of, you know, back away from this mess. Well, I don't have a book lined up. I do have for something for people who want to hear like a, a more idealized and more campy um, view of the Atlantis myth. This is one of the lesser known Disney movies. It didn't get real big because um, it didn't have any. There are no central Atlantean characters really oh. from myth. So you can't like have a particular character and be like, oh, yeah, it's about this person. And he goes on this adventure. Hey. So they had to do everything invented from scratch from a whole cloth but um it's called atlantis the lost empire it's uh it, it's probably one at the height of when their animation was before they went to cgi and everything like that for pretty strictly it has some cgi mixed into it because they were doing some forays into it and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but uh it um it's not a terrible movie i'm not going to trash it completely it, it's not super popular and it has its moments where it's kind of like oh okay but it's not it's by far not the very worst disney movie you'll ever see and as far as an idealized version of the atlantis myth um it's worth watching with your kids if if you're trying to introduce them to this kind of stuff um and it, it it's i think it's a solid movie i liked it i just mm. recently watched it again with my with my son a couple weeks ago and i liked it it's mm. got uh what's what's his face is the is milo that um uh, uh, Michael J. Fox, is that right? I don't even remember because I think I've only seen it once, and I I've seen it referenced many, many, many times, but I've only really seen it once. Back to the Future guy, Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, that's Milo Thatch, and then there's some other folks in it. Uh, Ernest, actually, from Ernest Saves Christmas, or Ernest Jim Varney. This is... Jim Varney. There we yeah, go. Yeah, hey, so now we're talking. Yeah. See, good stuff. <laughs> and there's somebody else in it too that. That I was uh, pretty amazed at, and I forget who it was, but oh, Leonard Nimoy's in it. He's mm. actually the king of Atlantis. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that movie. Honestly, I think it's a good. I, I like Disney's less popular movies. Now, of course, I like The Lad and the Lion King, but like Frozen and all that, I just I wasn't a fan. Well, you know, if you're looking for a Disney movie for your kids that that doesn't have like a a central, like a princess character or like the really like typical Disney kind of plot line, you can't go too wrong with it, I I, I guess. Because it it definitely is off the beaten path for for Disney stuff. There's no, like I said, there's no princess figure. There's no central, like there's no, there's songs in it. I mean, because there's always songs in Disney movies. There's nothing that was just like, it's going to make your ears bleed after the first, like, 5,000 times your kid sings it. So, you know. And then, and then it'll break out into show tunes like every couple minutes. <laughs> this, was more, this, was, this was more of a movie that, that eschewed that for actual storytelling. Don't get me wrong, like the Disney songs are catchy and all, but I'm not in the mood for musicals every time I watch a movie. And Disney movies, every time you're going to get like a whole new world, you're going to get uh, in the jungle, all, you're going to get all that. But I think sometimes, man, I, I want to watch the movie. And Atlantis did a good job of that. It did a fantastic job, actually, of just being like, hey, here's a movie. 
and there's not going to be a lot of singing there. Are you okay with that? No, I think that's why it wasn't real popular with a lot of audiences because they were like, well, we want to sing it and dance for our children. And the princesses and all that other kind of stuff. Because, right. you know, that's what Disney's more known for these days. But I liked it. I thought it was a fantastic... There was actually a sequel, but it really wasn't that good. It was more based on a on a, a TV show that never got greenlit. So that, and there was actually supposed to be an actual sequel and mm. then the TV show would follow it, but it didn't make that much money in the box office, which is kind of sad because I, I liked it in terms of a Disney movie. It was actually really, it was refreshing not having to hear the main character belt out in a song or see some princess do whatever she does. It was just nice. It was, it was a good change of pace, mm. honestly. So yeah, Atlantis: The Lost Empire is what it's called. Uh, check it out if you're if you're a Disney enthusiast or if you have kids who've never seen it or uh, for just uh, for just something different. Now I'm going to take us back to 1961. We're going to go back to the old days of science fiction B movies to a, a movie called Atlantis: The Lost Continent. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is a tale of a Greek fisherman that brings a princess from Atlantis back to her home only to be enslaved. Imagine that. You do the you do a good deed. You're like, hey, uh, this was one of your people. Uh, they're here. I'm, I'm bringing them back to you. You know, she kind of got lost. Oh, you can put them in chains. Oh, see? I, I'm, I'm trying to fish. I don't want to go back in chains. I got a family to feed. That's rude. Disrespectful. So he brings her back. He gets enslaved. The leader of these Atlanteans is actually being manipulated by a sorcerer because old science fiction B-movies always had weird plot lines that really don't kind of make sense. But uh, the sorcerer wants to use Atlantis to take over the world. Now, do you folks out there in, in Uncanny Earthland think he takes over the world? Do you? Crickets. 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 He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's a, it's it's a decent movie. I watched it uh, today, actually, and I was like, "Wow, this is." It's almost Journey to the Center of the Earth, but Journey to the Center of the Earth's better. And there's actually some Atlantis in Journey to the Center of the Earth, the original one, not the one with the Rock. And I think the Rock was in that one. Yeah, pretty sure. Well, no, I think that was was that Brendan Fraser? Or was that the Rock? Oh, you could be right about Brandon Fraser. Because I think uh, The Rock yeah, did... Yeah, I, um, I think it's Brandon Fraser. The Brendan, Fantastic Brendan. Journey or um, or The Incredible Journey or, or another one of those Jules Verne kind of um, kind of uh, related movies. So yeah, so we have that. We have the old, we have the good old Atlantis The Lost Continent, the 1961 B-movie. And it was weird because I, I when I was looking up... Uh, Movies to watch about Atlantis because obviously the first thing I'm going to get is a whole bunch of like conspiracy stuff or uh, History Channel stuff, which is fine. I don't mind watching that, but just to see some fictional Atlantis stuff, it kind of was bare bones a little bit. Like that was just straight focused on Atlantis. A lot of other movies have Atlantis in them, like this ship goes here and sees the ruins of Atlantis or that guy's related to somebody from Mm -hmm. Atlantis. But this one was straight up about Atlantis, so that was cool. Got any more movies for a spider to watch? Oh yeah, you another know, one that's fr- that's fr- from the same kind of uh, uh, the same kind of vein. There, this is a movie that was featured in where I first saw it on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Nice. This nice. is called The Mole People. 
<laughs> and the mole people talks about uh, it's archaeologists who are um, who are somewhere in the Himalayas, I believe, and they they find a, a some ancient ruins and they find an opening into the hollow earth, and uh-huh. uh, and they encounter a race of albinos who are supposedly descended from um, from uh, Sumerians who were then. Um, also descended from uh, from Atlanteans, supposedly, and um, they developed a separate race of, of individuals that that were like mutants that descended into like they called them the mole people, and uh, and they were diggers and builders and they were basically slaves. They were mistreated and these archaeologists. Oh man, archaeologists, archaeologists, man, difficult words. Today. <laughs> they. Um, they lead a revolt of the mole people and all this other kind of stuff and, and really schlocky really uh, and it ends in one of those ways where they save somebody from the society and then that person like ends in disaster at the end and all this other kind of stuff so it, it, for a really kind of interesting um, B-movie look at what people might have done after the fall of Atlantis the mole people is pretty entertaining it's even more entertaining if you watch the Mystery Science Theater version of it but either one, I think you can make fun of it yourself if you're into that kind of thing. Um, otherwise, <laughs> okay. So we've talked about books, we've talked about movies. Let's talk about our favorite, favorite pop culture stuff: video games. That's my that's my favorite, my favorite. So I'm going to start off with one of uh, one of 2018's blockbuster games. And that's Assassin's Creed Lost Odyssey, which take, takes place during the Greek Empire, during the Peloponnesian Wars between Athens and Sparta, kicking the pit. Um, in this one, the protagonist, and there's two of them, I believe, Cassandra and, and of course, I forget the, the other character's name. <clears throat> Doesn't matter. You can look that up. Uh, they they explore Atlantis to understand the origin of the staff of Hermes and to learn more about a good friend of mine, Pythagoras, and his theorem. So, I definitely recommend checking that out. It's a it's a solid ta- solid game. It's got a lot of good historical aspects, and we've talked about this before with Assassin's Creed. So, Assassin's Creed Lost Odyssey, or Odyssey, obviously. Mm. Spider, what do you got? Um. In uh, let's, I'm looking at the list right now. There's a few of them. Um, there's a game, and it's an older game, and it's kind of a cult, uh, like a cult following game. People loved this game back when it came out on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's one of those holy grail kind of games that people always try to find everywhere. Um, the game Chrono Trigger. Yes. Okay? Um, supposedly yes. in that game there exists an ancient advanced civilization of 12,000 BC. It's called the Kingdom of Zeal, but it's supposed to be roughly based on Atlantis. And like Atlantis, it's destroyed and falls into the depths of the ocean. Yes. Chrono Trigger gets into a lot of deep concepts about that kind of thing, a lot of existential things. It goes from the past into the future, and uh, and it draws a lot on the mythology like Atlantis and a lot of the, a lot of those other kind of things. It's um it's one of the uh, Japanese RPG style games like Final Fantasy and all that other kind of stuff. So so the myths are told from that cultural perspective. So mm-hmm. they're a little different from how we might view them here, but um, still again it's a cult classic game that that uh, I guess you, if you look for original cartridges of the game they will sometimes sell online for thousands of dollars because they're both rare and sought after. 
Um, and make, make sure it's the actual cartridge. There's a lot of repos out there, so don't let people stiff you. Yeah. So interesting have, stuff. Have you played that spider? Have you ever played Chrono Trigger? Um, I never did, actually, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Um, I had <clears> knew somebody <throat> who did and who played the sequel, which was, I think the sequel was Chrono Cross. But that was for the PlayStation. Yep. Yeah, or was that maybe just the most modern? I don't remember. There were three games, I think, at least total in the series. And um, I, I don't remember which one came after which other one. But uh, Well, Chrono Trigger was first, and then Chrono Cross right. was after that. Now, Chrono Trigger was for the Super Nintendo, and then DS, iPhone, Android, I think they have a Steam has one. But the original was for Super Nintendo, and then they outside one of the PlayStation 1. So he might have had it on PS1, because it did come out with a two-pack with... Uh, I believe Final Fantasy 4. So there was that. Now, <clears throat> it's a fantastic game. I've played it. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. It, it takes place in the... in the, It goes present and then future and then past. And then you, you there's time distortions and there's a lot of existential thoughts and, and, and concepts. So you really have to take your time with it because it's it's it can get confusing at times. So that was a good, that was a good one. I, I didn't expect Spider to bring that up because mm-hmm. he's not a big... Uh, He's not as big an RPG fan as I am. Not 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 the Japanese stuff so often. Not that I have anything against Japanese people or culture. I just want to make that pretty clear. I just uh, I'm a particular I'm a particular type of gamer and a particular person about entertainment. Like I I can't get into Japanese anime so much. I can't get into manga and all that kind of stuff. It's just I I I can't. And it's not that it's bad. It it's not bad stuff. It's just it's not my thing. And that's cool. Manga, okay. Thank you. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tells guy. you, that illustrates my point, I think. Be the jerk. Clearly. Um, now, the fighting game for the Sega Genesis, and I have this. I still have a, an original copy in the case, all that. Eternal Champions, and it was so hard. It's such a hard game. And it was hard to be hard. That was it. It wasn't like it was hard because it was fun. It was just hard because it was tough. It was meant to be that way. Uh, there's actually a fighter in it named Trident, and he's a green-skinned Atlantean, representing probably more of a creature from the Black Lagoon type character than an actual humanoid. And this, he's more from the Fallen City of, or not, I shouldn't say Fallen, but he's more of the underwater world of Atlantis because in some things like uh, Aquaman or Prince Namor, Atlantis is actually an underground civilization or underwater civilization. It's not a it's not a surface world civilization so a lot of times you'll see like gills and things like that on 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 some of the some of the 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 people in atlantis so trident um from eternal champions yeah eternal champions it was was a cool game it was a weird like it it was it was in a weird time in a time Mm. of mortal Kombat, street fighter it stood like a a i don't know just a different type of fighting game I guess there was there was a uh, this stage where they're having a, a thing to burn witches on, and if you get your opponent close enough to the pyre and you throw them into it as like the the to destroy their last health part of their health bar, they'll actually f- go into it and catch fire and burn. It was crazy. It was a cool game. It, it had a lot of historical uh, people from different times in it. They have an, mm. I think they have a sorcerers in it. They had the Atlantean, a Roman. It was it was, it was just a, it was a cool thing for its time. 
And I guess they made a second one, but I'm not 100 percent sure of that. So yeah. we're getting close to the end here. So we Spider, are. do you we're have less... any other games you like to throw at us? I would, but I, I think we've covered everything pretty well. I think it was a good episode for discussion, and um, I think it's time to throw out our final thoughts real quick before we uh, we shuffle off into the Atlantean sunset. <laughs> what you mean, the underwater Atlantean sunset? I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, they've got those crystals, so, you know, now that they're underwater, the crystals like the sun. Yeah. Final thoughts for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe Atlantis existed in terms of Atlantis. I don't buy into the the concentric circles. I don't buy into the super ancient crystals and the all that kind of technology aspect of Atlantis. I, I, I just I don't. I'm th- this time I'm taking the super skeptical route, not buying it. I think it was Tantalus because it's, it just seems like Tantalus would be the better uh, in terms of, of th- theories. And maybe it's because the the tale of Atlantis has been watered down by so many outside forces outside you know, people putting this, that, and third in. I just don't buy it. Uh, plate tectonics and, and, and the puzzle piece of the Earth fitting together kind of makes it harder for it to even exist if it existed where it was supposedly did in one of the many trillion places. So I got to give Atlantis uh, the thumbs down on this one just because it, just, it doesn't seem plausible. Not to say that there wasn't civilizations that are ancient and that maybe had some technology, it's possible, but I don't think Atlantis was where I think Atlantis was more of either a, uh, a, a discussion on city-states by Plato and his his, uh, his relative Solon, or it was Tantalus just turned into Atlantis to kind of bolster um, the civilization for the time. Well, I, I'll tell you, I... While I can't explicitly say that I think uh, Atlantis, as written these days, existed as such, I do think, uh, and I've said this a few times throughout the episode, that there are a lot of old civilizations that we simply are only beginning to discover that that may be discovered sometime in in the future. Um, I think there there is there are things in the past that are still undiscovered, especially ancient civilizations. I think that the human race has been here for a lot longer than we assume. I think yes. humans, as described, aren't just modern humans. I think we're we're. Uh, I think we have to start accepting that Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon and all of those things. I think all these different species and all the newest ones that have been that have come out are all subspecies of the same human of of human in some kind of. Um, I don't know if we're related to one m- master species in the past. Uh, or, or we just we, we all came about and then split off at some point. It, it's hard to say. This is all a lot of speculation. Um, but I think an Atlantean something or other could have existed in a local area, whether it was as big or as or as large or or as advanced as what is written about it these days. I really can't say, not with any sort of evidence. But I look forward to eventually finding out whether something like that could be true and if so what kind of things we could learn from it all right well that's it another show is in the books episode 21 is finished next week we are going to discuss and we haven't done one of these shows yet i don't think we just keep tiptoeing around it Mm. conspiracy theories i think we're gonna do one on conspiracy theories next week it's been a long time coming uh we we need to get some of these out of the way um, we're not. We're going to do more of a broad conspiracy theory. So we're going to get right. in probably the supposed fake moon landings and the flat Earth, uh, 
flat earth. <sighs> That'll take all of about 10 minutes. <laughs> of me being angry that, that I, <laughs> I, I'll have to reiterate that I floated a plane. You know, actually, so we can I've go seen... into the history of that. We can go into, like, Columbus. Yeah, I, we can. Stuff. I mean, there is some history to that. It's, it's, it's all it's ridiculous now, but at the time it wasn't, so. Some hollow earth. We'll get into some of the, uh, maybe some MK Ultra. Um, so we're getting into some things of that because I think it's time we've pressed into that. We have, we've been kind of tiptoeing around it. We haven't mm-hmm. really jumped full, you know, both feet in. So next week, conspiracy theories. Get in the chat room of this Uncanny Earth official Facebook group. I'm trying. To, I'm probably going to set up an Instagram or, or, or Twitter. Some we're setting something up like that in the future. We're also going to be doing maybe a live, uh, a live um, video. You can see us goofing off, doing what we do. Mm-hmm. Maybe answer a few questions. Maybe do something like that. Um, got some good news coming. Some some interesting news coming up in the future. Soon it gets warm out. It's too cold to be doing anything outside of our homes at this point. So we're going to get into that probably in the next month or so. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, jump in the chat room. Next week, somebody other than Jason, no no disrespect, Jason, give us a uncanny spotlight. Jason's had two of them so far, and I've done one of them. So next week, I need somebody to do it. Pick a topic. We'll talk about it. 15 minutes. It's going to be a 15-minute conversation. It could be about anything paranormal, supernatural, all that Jupiter jazz. Next week, conspiracy theories, uh, uncanny earth awesomeness, Rob and Spider. So for me, Rob, I'm signing out. Peace and always be uncanny. All right. Same here. Everybody have a good night, and we will catch you next week.